Welcome, folks, to a very, very special edition of Electric Jellyfish Podcast. I think we're going to refer to this one as In Electric Larry's Lounge. I'm going to try to get some... Electric Larry, for those of you that don't know, is our little jellyfish mascot. Uh, I'm going to try to get something thrown together where he's like got a smoking jacket on with a cigarette holder and a martini in his tentacles. Totally. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we are coming to you uh, live from the Oak Cliff Film Festival. We are so proud and happy to be here. This is Chad. This is Shannon. And joining us right now is pretty much the straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> Introduce yourself, I'm, sir. I'm one of the straws. I'm one of the straws. My name is Ashton Campbell. I am technically the uh, festival produ- producer for the Oak Cliff Film Festival, but we all kind of wear so many hats. Right. That, you know, after day one starts, we're all just kind of doing a lot of the same stuff. So, um, you know, that's just just making it happen, trying to make sure everything goes okay. So you still feeling the, the, the jitters of... of Hitting it's, the ground running like this? It's crazy. This morning was the first morning that um, I felt like, okay, all right, cool. Like, we're good. You know, it was the, the, the anxiety and the anxiousness of just getting it up again. And then opening night was such a therapeutic moment for, I think, so many people, including myself. Yeah, it was cathartic. And, it was very just, cathartic. Totally. And, like, I think I needed that. I think a lot of people needed that. We all did. Yeah. We, we all, all did. Just to sit there and, like, being on stage, which I, I kind of thought was going to be weird. Like, I have an intro to anything. You know, in what, being two part, years now? It yeah, seems? like yeah. in like 19 months. Yeah. You know, like literally, like realistically, like 19 months. And so that was, um, besides like a drive in behind the Texas Theater, which we did as like a pandemic pivot, you know, <laughs> which needs to be like a t shirt. But, um, it, and, and, and I it like was, that. That needs to happen. Pandemic, pandemic pivot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, that was just like seeing everybody's like faces and smiling. Everybody was so happy to be there. And, um, you know, Brock Epstein, our festival director and, and co-founder, kind of like gets the thing going. And he passes it off to me, and I'm thanking sponsors, and I'm just like sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? But like, thank you. without the sponsors, the sponsors wouldn't do this if it wasn't for all of you that mm-hmm. came back. Yeah, that came back to the Oakland Film Festival and wanted to experience all this with us. It was really cool. It was something that I was, I didn't know what to expect. I, I really didn't have any idea like how it was going to be that night and it was awesome yeah it was so great yeah. yeah it's i know that everybody had a little bit of trepidation about it because this was the first festival i mean really the first full-blown yeah, festival totally. in the proper environment since everything went to shit so uh yes. yeah. and and i'll for, be blunt now great yeah. oh, yo, please. oh yeah please do yeah yeah Don't this, hold back. no 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 this is not a pg show no we're good okay great yeah yeah, yeah yeah this it, it, you can take it to nc17 if you want to i have i, I give zero after shit. covid i mean you, you kind of have to everything becomes r-rated right yeah, yeah. No sh- just no dark kidding. and depressing and right. fucked up yeah it's great yeah so to 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 come out of i, I mean the the theming of of this festival is 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 pretty damn clever yeah, I mean, you know, and and it didn't even occur to me uh, at first from about when I went to the website initially to kind of start doing prep work on everything, and I saw the logo. I'm like, damn, that looks an awful lot like the Nexium branding. Come to find yeah. out, that was purely intentional. Yeah, it was. It was. It was interesting. So, you know, the funny thing about our theme this year, or it's not funny, the, the cool, interesting, or terrible, whatever you want to think about it, is this was coined and 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 thought of in January of 2020. Like this is this is the same branding we were gonna go into 2020 with, but just tweaked. Mm-hmm. So this is it's you know I'm, I'm not trying to like say that it wasn't new, it wasn't fresh, but it was a good as an idea that we loved so much uh-huh. that we wanted to do it, just do it again. Yeah. And the creative team, I'll, I'm gonna give some shout outs to fast because they deserve the credit. Dude, they, they that's deserve. what I. That's why. Yeah, I, that's Sean why you're Donovan, here. Sean Donovan, Christopher Owens, Benji Young, and Nick Denman are, are four people that we had meetings with. 
back in January of 2020, and they, they threw us like four ideas. And I remember um, during the meeting, I heard this awesome phrase. It's like, and we've got, a, we've got another one that, that's kind of out there. I go, you can get weird, man. Yeah. And they were like, what? Because <laughs> they were all working for an agency. And I won't say the agency was. They were just working for an agency. And they were like... Okay, well, let's just go to this one then. And then, like, and their eyes lit up. Because, you know, when you're working for, when you're doing commercial stuff or ad stuff or whatever, like, you, you have, like, certain brands and certain rules and everything like that. When you come to us, I think we, we just were like, well, we'll take, we'll, we'll, let's be weird. Let's get weird. Yeah, throw the rule and, book and, out the yeah, window. And, and they just loved that. And they totally dug in. And it was awesome. And I, I am, I've been infatuated. And I've, I've hugged Benji and Nick. They're two of the, the main guys, Nick's graphics, Benji's writing uh-huh. um, of this of this theme this year, and it's been like I, I think I've hugged Benji and Nick like five or six times because I just I want to keep telling them like thank you for what you're doing, thank you for everything you've done. It's it's really brilliant. <laughs> I don't know why I, mean, I got real deep just now when I said no, that, no man. Like, <laughs> it was just like it was it's and again it's it's cathartic. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm getting all these compliments about the theme, and I'm like no 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 like I'm gonna get it wasn't me too. And I told everybody on Wednesday night at our pre-party and on Thursday night at our opening party or opening night, I was like. This is not we, – we did. We just said, sure, yes, that's cool. Okay, sign off. Like, that's all we did, mm-hmm. you know, the Oak Cliff Film Festival side of things. We, we brought some creatives in that just killed it, yeah. like absolutely killed it. And, and I, I can't be more proud of how that, that turned out. For, for those of you that, that haven't been made privy to it or haven't seen it, uh, the, the theming is very much based in a – I don't know, how, how would, what do you think is the best way to describe it? Just like a – there's a there's a, a masonry religious vibe to it that could almost be looked at as like some weird religious group that could be looked at as a cult. Mm-hmm. Come- that's that's kind of what we were not going for. That just organically happened when, mm-hmm. when you start talking about religion and and beliefs. And what, what's up there, and come to our group, and yeah. you know, and the you know, we are all born of story and manifested by the light. Like that, that whole phrase that we've been using a lot is just it's very brilliant. and it's, it's like, very heaven's gate. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And these are all things that have happened and come to light. Yeah, no pun intended. No pun. Since then, or is it? Or is or is it? Or is it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very tongue in cheek, and I mean. I, I think it's it, it it strikes a very specific chord in people. I mean, yeah. it's it's something they immediately relate to. Like as soon as I saw again subconsciously, I was like, "Is that what I think it is?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, it kind of is. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, but it it grabs you. It's 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 something that's got uh, genuine. Uh, it's got a unique. Did they really go there? Yeah. <laughs> and, and vibe to yeah. it. And totally. And let's face it, like, after what we all experienced last year and the shitty year that was 2020, like, that's that kind of even made more sense. Mm-hmm. So when we started reengaging about the theme, about doing 2021, and then we're going to do an actual f- festival, whether it's going to be more virtual in real life is to be, you know, to be figured out later on. But this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we should just kind of ride this out. And we just love the idea. So why not? So is is this? I mean, and it, this may, it may be too early to speculate, but is this going to be where the Oak Cliff Film Festival stays as far as on the calendar year? Because I know I haven't I haven't been able to cover the the uh, the uh, the Oak Cliff Film Festival since 2018, mm-hmm. uh, and I I, I wanted I want to try I wanted to try to make it by the Turner House, but it was such a such a uh, yeah a, 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 a craze fest last night during, mm-hmm. dealing with the uh, the screening that went on last night with Swan yeah. Song and. 
watching Udo do what Udo does. Do do what Udo Udo do. Yeah, Udo was. Um, I might need to give this microphone to Udo because I think he wants to say a few words. Uh, d- that kind of thing. Oh yeah, because he didn't he, enough didn't get said last night. Like somebody, please, please. Did you watch the movie. You like the movie. Yeah. I've been hanging out with Udo for two days. It I'm wasn't trying to work out a break. It, it was real. This is real, and it's good. And I like Todd, and Todd is the good director. I mean, and I mean that, and that that's like I'm trying to give love to Udo. I don't want anybody to misinterpret that. Like I, I've been hanging out with the guy for two days, and he is he's been a just glorious human being to hang out with. It's been so fun. He's been so welcoming. I picked him up from the airport actually, and he's just been. A trip to hang out, and when you hang out with the people that have, when the the actors and actresses and filmmakers that ha- that have like some clout uh-huh. and that could be a certain way, and they're not, that's super rewarding and super yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. But but to answer your question, I I, do, I don't know if we're going to stay in this realm. We pushed it back this year because we're like, you know what, we can get some more vaccines in arms if we just wait a little bit, and we're not competing with anybody else. Yeah. Good and, point. And everything's still spaced. Diff was. Diff's going back to the fall, I think, and everything like that. So there was, there was some things that were happening. I was like, okay, well, we'll you know, it, things weren't happening now. Like, I don't know if any of those things are – when things started getting pushed a little bit, like, well, we can push ours too then, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of just made some sense in terms of, like, well, like, we can just do it. Like, we're not budding – we're not competing and budding up against anybody, so why not? Were there any major roadblocks other than the pandemic or coming out of the pandemic or maybe people's hesitance to, to, I mean, to gather or – yeah, I, I, I don't think any of us had. I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. I think when we were talking about this in February, we did not know what kind of film fest we were going to be doing. We just knew we were going to be doing one. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't know if it was going to be um, uh, 60% in real life and 40% hybrid and virtual. Or, mm-hmm. or we knew we were going to do some kind of component. But a lot of stuff changed in the past two months from, like, right now, from, like, the end of April to right now. Think about all that's changed. Right. Like, you know, you had the governor making some decisions. You had people. Now you go places and you just don't see that many masks. Right. And you see certain people having them. And it's kind of become a comfort thing. And I think we kind of, we, you know, we've got our volunteers masked up. We've got, you know, the staff at the Texas Theaters masked up. And then other places are, are masked up. And then that's kind of all we we want to do. I don't think you can make somebody wear a mask that's coming in the door you can, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Like, I, I think you can recommend it. And that's what we said. We said they're recommended. They're yeah. always recommended. They're not required, but it's recommended. And Methodist is one of our biggest sponsors. And, and we worked with them, which was super awesome to do. Like, we worked with them about what we should do. So we felt like we had the support from people who were educated. Mm-hmm. And Methodist has been, you know, Laura at Methodist has been just amazing. And John Phillips, the, um, the, the president of Methodist, was here um, on opening night and gave a speech. And that just made us feel better that we were like, we had somebody to, like, lean on and to, like, what is safe nowadays? What's right nowadays? What's okay to do? Yeah, and how, and do, so you, and how do you define it in this particular? Exactly, you know, and, and, yeah. and, 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 we, and we leaned into that, and we just, we, we just asked for help. We don't know that stuff. We're not. We're a film festival. Yeah, we're we're, we're not. You know, <laughs> we're not part of the CDC. Well, yeah, if you're looking for anything else besides you know hang out and have fun and celebrate fit cinema, then you you know if you're looking for like medical advice, <laughs> let me let me point you to our biggest yeah. sponsor. Yeah, don't you know don't like come here. yeah, but don't ask Ashton or don't ask Barack or don't ask Chris Gardner. <laughs> like, don't ask us. Do, are you they know? running that PSA in front of every film? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was one of the things that um that like I said, their sponsorship tier, they are our lead sponsor this year and. I am not kidding when I say that outside of them, there's only a couple of responses. But without them, 
we're not doing this film festival this year. Mm-hmm. It was an undertaking to get this thing up off the ground this year and back in a safe capacity and do some of the things we wanted to do, knowing that we were up against some things. And, and, and I, I was concerned about raising money. Um, and I really got to throw it to all of our sponsors. Now that's what everybody says, but I'm not, I'm not bullshitting. Like we raised more money than we did in 2019. We had more people donate cash donations from sponsors than in 2019. And part of that might just be the, the, the cachet of the film festival and it's starting to gain some ground. And maybe, maybe we gained some people in the past two years. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I know that people were trying to figure out ways to give us what we needed to make sure the film festival could happen. And that has been like, just amazing, uh-huh. amazing, that's, and I got—that's I got wonderful. It's and, it's and you didn't think it was going to happen, right? Like mm-hmm. you, I mean, you know, one of the, part of my job is to find sponsorships. Yeah, right. and so um, I'm like, oh, damn it, and I, like <laughs> email this person, ask them for money. Like, oh, shit. You know, but then they were all like so eager, and the ones that could were like, I got products, I got this, I got that, I can help here, I can help this. Let me send some people out. Let me do this. Let me. Can I do anything? Can I promote? It's like yes, you can do all of those things. And and I just I, I just I, the support we've gotten this year is just is just been crazy. It's just been so in a good way. Like it's just been so. I didn't expect it because I didn't know what to expect. Yes, you know that. And you kind of already answered my next question. I was going to be like you were. I talk a lot. Sorry no, about no, that. no, 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 no. Look, great. no, no. What I was going to ask you is like, did the, did the has this festival met exceeded? Your expectations? I mean, Man, like, that's because I know. Again, you didn't know what you didn't know. It was it was like a whole will they or won't they, and will we or won't we? Yeah, for, for that matter. Totally. Yeah, I want to say that right now my personal expectations have been exceeded mm-hmm. um, because I the the glowing amount of support I've received from filmmakers about being at our fest this year has been amazing. And, and I do a lot of interviews for our internal media. I interview a lot of the filmmakers, and I have a media crew that kind of goes around and gets all the footage for me and B-roll and, and sound or not sound bites, but they get uh, pictures and interviews, or I said it again, it, pictures and B-roll and everything like that, and then we do sit-down interviews, and I usually conduct the interviews if I, if I can break away. And it's like they're giddy, and they're so happy to be here. Yeah, Todd Stevens, the director of Swan Song, one of our, one of our uh, most prestigious films that's here, just gush and I said dude you don't have to kiss our ass and he's like no I want to and I was like alright well kiss away brother like it's, it's, it's cool like I'm not gonna stop you and, and that has been just like that right there is exceeded our expectations like this is all the people are having fun you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is hospitality. Yes. Like, we want... You feel that. Yeah. You definitely and, feel and, that. And, and they say that. And that's like, I mean, yes, ticket sales are great. But hearing it from the people and you know they're not lying, you mm-hmm. can tell they're genuine. Like, I'll have a drink with them at the bar later. That's that's so rewarding. So, in that regard, it's exceeded my expectations. I think we've also invited more people that showed up more in 2019. And I got to ask my programmer about that and my hospitality crew. But I think we had more guests than 2019. Because people just wanted to get out. And I mean, I mean guess, I mean, like the out-of-town filmmakers that actually said, yes, I'll come in. Right. And everything like that. And I think we had more. And that, to me, is kind of says two things. One, I think they want to come because they want to get out. They're ready to go be in the right. wild again. Right. And two, they probably have had some kind of recommendation about, man, that that, that film festival is good. Well, you know, and when, when we were here on Thursday... Uh, but you know, I mean, of course, we haven't really. This has been our first opportunity to sit down and actually speak and get something on, you know, out for the podcast. But when I was here to pick up the uh, the badges for us, and I was just kind of hearing a little on the periphery of certain conversations of people saying, "Can you imagine what the next several film festivals are going to be like?" Because 
all these filmmakers, all these storytellers, all these creative minds have been cooped up in a bubble for the last year, and they have just been cranking out ideas. Ideas, and there is going to be an embarrassment of riches yeah. in the next couple of years. Totally. So, so that was going to be my next question. You, do you have any kind of a, a, of a, a scope of what the future might hold for this film festival in the I, next year or two? I think, kind of to piggyback on what you just said, I think that um, I think there's a lot of ideas out there, and there's a lot of really great stuff that's going to come out of the last year. You know, besides all the BS that's happened and all the negatives, I think there's going to be some great art. Yes, I think some people sat there, and that's going to help every film festival, not just ours. It's right. going to help every film festival, and, and I and I am the biggest champion of that. Like, if you can find a way to get your film into a festival, and maybe some festivals will will have more an embarrassment of riches just like you said i mean you kind of coined it like studios i hope are like ponying up and i think that the the netflixes and amazons the ones that probably you know did well during a pandemic Mm -hmm. i think that they're like you know amazon was a sponsor for us this year they came they they honestly reached out to us and i think that kind of said something like i i didn't i didn't dig for amazon and that was awesome like the fact that this contact reached out to us at our website and said i want to support i'm like well, that's freaking freaking really yeah like well like, give that's me awesome. your money and that was great <laughs> wow. and i was like wow and and some people might be like oh amazon but like no amazon yeah yeah like no amazon's doing some great stuff and they have a st- and they're doing good they're good doing good series or doing good films like they're supporting the arts mm-hmm. like and so i think that to what you just said you know i think that that's going to be that's going to happen organically and i hope that some investors and studios and who underwriters and whatever are just going to start poning up because there's going to be ideas out there because these creatives were stuck in a hole. Yeah. And they couldn't do anything. And, yeah, you might see too many pandemic-related films in a year. Or maybe you won't because everybody's going to steer away from that because they just want to talk about other things. Yeah. Let's talk about because, anything but the pandemic. You know, because right. they had this idea for 10 years. and like, you know what? I'm going to freaking do it. Mm-hmm. Great. And I, and I think that that's going to come out of it. So what, what I hope it is, what, I think 2022 is going to be, 2021 is a reminder of how great film festivals can be if you have the right programming, the right hospitality, and the right volunteers, and the right box office. Mm-hmm. I think those are the biggest, the biggest keys and sponsors. And, and you need to... You need to have that and to, to have a successful film festival. And hopefully we've done that this year. And hopefully other film fests can, like, you know, be, be welcoming and welcome people back. Because that's all kind of my goal this week has been to welcome people back to just anything. Whether it's a filmmaker, back to a screening in a theater, or a person who has not been out in 16 months, 17 months, whatever. Being a part of that screening last night uh, with, uh, for Swan Song, just... There was an there was an air of like almost it almost felt like prom night for for lack yeah. of a better term. It's like you saw people getting decked out, and I felt a little bit goofy because I noticed that the director of of the film and I had on very similar jackets. Nice way to plan that out. I had white with black. Shout out to Todd Stevens and his wardrobe last night. night. I almost yeah. I almost patted him on the back before I even realized who he was. I'm like, hey, get out of my head. Totally. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it, there was just a, a level of enthusiasm that I've never seen. At a film festival, and I've been covering them for you know about six, seven years now, yeah. and there was it was so unique, and like people were just genuinely glad. Just it was like a class reunion more yeah. so than a, than a than a, a than a prom. It was like that's oh, good, that's a good description. How have you yeah. been? I mean, like people recognize each other that were even masked. You know, mm-hmm. immediately they're like, oh my god, yeah, I haven't seen you in God. You know, since God talked to Moses, <laughs> and uh, since God, since God, since yeah. God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, you've you've created this 
whether it was intentional or not, you've created this incredibly warm, inviting uh, atmosphere that people are genuinely enthusiastic to be a part of. Uh, and I, I, I know that that's got to help you sleep better at night, knowing yeah. that you were a part of that. Absolutely. It, again, to hear, Todd, I, I interviewed Todd Stevens for our media earlier, and, and like I was saying, and and he said, you know, I want, you know, all the things. I was like, stop kissing her ass, you know, like. <laughs> and then I interviewed somebody else from Swan Song, and and they're just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. And last night was cathartic for them. It was therapeutic. It was good for them. And I think that they all that it was like a, it was it was a it was a class reunion. That was like a sitcom reunion on stage last night. <laughs> it was yeah. like they all came back. Yeah. And it was like, oh the one where they all come back or whatever, you know, like it was to it, it was it was great to watch and it was like nine of them. And we we've never had nine people for a film, but we like we just we dug into that and we're like, all right, well fine, we're just gonna have freaking like nine people up there. And you know, Todd and his partner and the and the, and the and the producer and Cass and Jackson the DP and Cass and the costume the designer and the yeah, set and like everybody yeah. and, and then Udo. You know, and, and, and it's just like it was it was in, really, really in was, all of his Udoness. And and in Udo being Udo. Udo. No God. Udo being Udo. I could, I butchered that. So Udo do what Udo do. So um, that's what I was trying to get out there. But um that was super awesome. And it was and, and it's super awesome is a very generic term, but it was. It was just that was awesome and I was really happy for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was great for them. And then it was great to see everybody out, like you said, just hanging out and just and just living it up and the hospitality side of it is is one big thing and, and a big shout out to our pro- our programming team this year Barack Epstein Parker May Lisa Dreyer Eric Hatch Bianca Vega they did a really good drop job programming the films that I think people would want to come back and see and still being brave and one of the things we always say is we want to champion brave filmmaking and we want to be brave in our programming and and i think we we did that again this year and i i i I don't deal with programming i stay in my lane and i do a lot of other things but they are studs Mm -hmm. and and i don't question them and i've i've watched some really great films so far and there's still some more on the docket that i'm excited about you know I, I love the fact that uh, going back to Udo, that it seemed like he finally got his moment in the sun. I mean, seriously. I mean, you. I mean, yeah, totally. He, he's. He's. I know it's kind of. It's. It's. I don't want to short sell him or anything like that. But he's that guy that has been in everything. Like everyone yeah, like has 280 seen. Two hundred and eighty of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you when you pull up his his IMDb credits, you go back to like nineteen sixty six, and there is like hardly a year that that went by that he didn't do at least three or four projects. Yeah. Yeah. The man is incredibly prolific, but I don't think he's ever really had an opportunity to step outside of more or less typecasting. You know, he he, he kind of tends to play the same character over and over again. A villain who's uh, going to die horribly. Yes, you yes. hope. Yeah. yeah, rightfully so. Like deservedly. Totally. So. Yeah, he's he's not good. And to see him step outside of his comfort zone and 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 play a character that everybody genuinely sympathizes with on certain levels. And you're cheering for him. You're kind of rooting for him. He's kind of a diva. Yeah. That, which may be putting it very delicately. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you, you want to see this guy succeed in whatever level he's trying to succeed at. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and it was great. And not just to see his character, but Udo himself. It, it's almost like art was imitating life and life was imitating art a little bit. And I think he kind of alluded to that a little bit during his, 
during his uh, during the Q and A last night, to where he genuinely was beaming like a proud parent. Uh-huh. He genuinely felt the love from the audience, and he got to live a little bit vicariously through this character, based on a real a, a real life figure, uh, and it, it just kind of it kind of transcended the experience a little bit, and yeah. it was good to see him get so emotional about it, and I think everybody was kind of feeding off of that. And that's what I think makes film festivals so incredibly special. Because, you know, you go see a, a, a film, you just sit down, shove popcorn and raisinets in your face walk and walk away. And here, you get to bridge that gap between the art and the experience of the artists making that art. Uh, and that's why I love doing this. Because it gives, it gives you and I, Shannon and I, the opportunity to, to meet people that make things like this happen. It actually makes you feel like you are seeing a live theater experience. Yeah. You know, how the cast will come out after they perform. So, yeah, this is really, really great. Yeah. Yeah, we've always tried to be as welcoming as possible and and, and inviting and saying, yeah, sure, come on down. We'll figure out the budget later. To anybody who wants to come down, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that is in or representing one of the films. Like, we had some production designers this year. You know, we had we had we had a production design a production designer panel that uh, that was that happened earlier today, where we had two production designers from films here, Strawberry Mansion and Swan Song. Big shout out to uh, Cass and Rebecca. Um, that and and you don't see production designers at film festivals, and they've been telling me that. Like, this is awesome. You can you you're having us come down, and and I think that you know I I'm glad that that's what you guys thought to see that because that's kind of like a goal of ours. Mm-hmm. It's to you know. This festival, this needs to be as much about the cinema as it needs to be about the people. Mm-hmm. And the people who do the films, I want to know them. I can watch your film anytime. And, and, but seeing you talk about your film afterward and be there for your film and everything like that, that's huge. Yeah. And, 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 and we, we, we pride ourselves on that. And one of the things that the Oak Cliff Film Festival has always done before I even got involved was, was pride themselves on hospitality. And that's a big shout-out to the guys who started this thing years ago. Um, to, to try to to try to do that, and if I can just carry that torch in any way, and 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 keep doing that, um, I'll be happy. And and hearing the filmmakers talk about like being happy to be there, um, you never know what you're gonna get. You, know, right. you never know if you're gonna get like a, um, yeah, you know, are they th- are they thinking this is the run of the mill of run of the mill film festival? That's what you don't want them to think. Yeah. So what can you do? Okay, well let me go hang out at the bar and have a drink with them and share a drink and. Talk and, and give them lunch recommendations. I, I went and had lunch with a filmmaker today because they just wanted to go hang, you know. And that's like that's awesome, yeah. right? Like that's great. Like that's what it should be. It should be about like hanging out and getting to know the people. And we've always kind of prided ourselves on that, and, and hopefully we accomplish that moving forward. Well, I, I know that we came up with a little mantra for this show, honey. What, what's what's our tagline? Everyone has a voice, and that's why we wanted to do this because. So, like, like you said, the production designers don't really get their moment in the sun. And I think everybody that's involved in making a film, from the smallest detail to the, you know, to the, to the director and the, and, the, and the lead actor, they all deserve their little moment of, you know, of recognition. Uh, and that's what, that's what I think makes another thing that makes film festivals so incredibly special is, again, it's more than just the surface experience. You get to go beneath the surface and dig a little bit deeper, and you, you put a, a face to the art itself. And uh, that's why I'm always happy to, to welcome somebody like you to the show, because the, mo- the, more, the more people like you that 
that exist in this world that keep making things like this happen, it gives us a reason to be enthusiastic to wake up every day and do what we do. Well, I mean, the support we receive every year, um, you guys doing this, you know, just, just wanting to ask questions and being grateful that we're doing it is is kind of why you do it, I think. You know, exactly. I mean, anytime you're doing nonprofit kind of work, it has to mean something. And we all we all give a shit. I guess that's the easiest way to say, like, yes. our crew my crew is amazing this year. And, and there's been some hurdles. And, you know, we're just trying to make sure that everybody's happy, comfortable, safe, and, and enjoying themselves. And, you know, uh, all of our crew, you know, during our closing night speech, I'll go down a list of people, and it's going to take a while, so buckle up, because it's, it's going to be a second. <laughs> is and, is but, the orchestra but, going to be primed yeah, to play you off? Yeah, and if they do, I'm just going to have some, some quick words, but, um, or, or a quick gesture, like, yeah. that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Turn that shit off. <laughs> but, middle um, fingers will be yeah, cocked and locked and ready to go. programs out there. We're all the guy in the back ready to whip their ass. No. Um, there's, no there's no orchestra or anything like that. We, yeah. But... Um, I, that that's that's why you know you do what you do and you and you get the um, when you get the, the gratifying um, comment from a filmmaker who's going to leave you the next day and you might not ever see again unless you see him at a festival. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome and you can social media is great to keep in touch with people nowadays and that's 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 how we do it and I love getting the numbers and getting followed and 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 just in sharing things and taking pictures and sharing them like that's just. That's what this film festival should be about. That's what film festivals should be about in general. And and I, you know, I just I just want everybody to have a good time. And you don't have to have a good time just watching movies. You can have a good time just having a good time and hanging out. Yeah, forging. See, I love the the whole forging relationships with with That's folks. It. That not just because they work in the industry, but because just because they're good people to know. Half half of our jury every year are previous filmmakers. Like we have an OCFF alumni. That we like, we call them. Well, they're alumni. That's how we say they're like. Well, Adam Minnick, he's a jury this year, but he's an alumni because he's done three. He shot three films that have been in the, the film festival of the year. Like, you know, there's a there's it's 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 a recurring thing. Like, we want them to come back. Like, mm-hmm. just because we had you in 2016 doesn't mean we don't want to have you in 2017 or or 19 or 21. Like, come on back. Yeah, whether you like, have a film or not, not, just be a part of the and family. If you, and if you don't want to be a fil- have a, if you don't have a film to do, like, let's get you on the jury because you can judge them because you've been there, you've done it, you know what people, you know. You know what you want to see, and that's that's what we try to do. So, you know, panels or jury or filmmakers, you know, we, we want we want you to come back and, and be a part of it. And it's not just about the the the, the crew and the staff and the, the admins of the Oak Cliff Film Festival. It's about everybody, right? So, well, well, sir, I, I I cannot thank you enough for coming and talking with Thanks us. I know you're, you're I know you're a really busy guy, uh, but but again, thanks for having us here. Uh, uh, hopefully you'll have us back next year. I'll absolutely. I've got no problem packing this gear up and hauling it wherever you need me to be. I will be there. <laughs> no, I, yeah, the, like I said, the support you guys doing this is great. That's why um, when I was asked, I was like, yeah, absolutely, like, let's let's do it. Like it's, I mean, I the people that that just want to talk about fun stuff and 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 talk about the things that you know the, that matter in terms of like whatever the experience. Mm-hmm. Like let's do it. You know, I, I love that. I, I, I that's you know. You guys supporting us and any any other press outlet that supports us, that's that's you know, that's why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We're doing it to 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 help spread the word of, of independent filmmaking and just filmmaking in general and then let the creativity flow. Yeah. And and I think that it, it just kind of one thing feeds the other. You know, we wouldn't be here without you and I guess the reverse can also be true. Totally, <laughs> absolutely. You gotta have support, you gotta have fans, you gotta have sponsors. And without those, you know, I, I said it in my opening night speech is like, thank you for the sponsors, but without you guys, the fans, the sponsors can't support anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that has to happen. So, 
you guys being fans, are, 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 it's, I'm, I'm truly thankful to have somebody who wants to come out and cover us. Oh, with you, you. you have our undying and unwavering support, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, so, guys. I thank, appreciate no, it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for being here. Thanks for doing what you're doing, and we will definitely be back whenever awesome. you guys come All back. Right. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Not a problem, it. man. All right. Take care. You too. Well. <laughs> we know something interesting about the festival or a film festival since this is my first time yes um is you know we've talked about before that it's really exciting the build-up to seeing a film Mm -hmm. like you know you enjoy all the goodies and all the fun and and everything and this just expands that yes exactly i mean more than i ever expected I, i i would encourage anybody that's 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 ever entertained the idea of being a part of of a film festival experience. If you've got something like this that's local to you and you've got the experience to 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 be there and 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 soak it all in and and be involved in it, d- just do it. Do it. Don't you know, don't I don't know if, if there would be any reason why you would be intimidated by it or uh thank you sir or uh uh or be hesitant, don't don't be. It's 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 an experience that I would I would encourage anybody to to to, to jump in, jump yes, in feet it's first. It's like expanding your movie experience. And we're back. <laughs> it's uh, we've been sitting here just soaking in the festival, uh, and I'm joined here by the uh, illustrious uh, Marcus uh, dude. Uh, can't thank you enough for helping uh, helping us make this uh, a reality. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean. I think that's kind of the great thing about, like, that nerd show and everything that we do is, you know, we're not just, like, one thing. That's, and I always loved when we get when we do interviews, they're like, are you just a podcast? Do you just play video games? Like, no, we're an actual news outlet. We do lots of things. Yes. We have different mediums. We, I know we started with a podcast, like, nearly 10 years ago, but we've kind of morphed into other things. We have a staff. So we, we finally learned how to use Zoom. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit! Didn't everybody? <laughs> right. It's more out of necessity than you know than anything else. Right. And by the way, when you're at a film festival in the VIP lounge, Scotch is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Until it's not. Until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Roderick and I still have a bottle that we've got to finish before the night's out. Yes. Yes. Challenge accepted. Oh, good lord. <laughs> And Roger, thanks, thanks for thanks for showing up, man. Oh, I mean, no. you and I didn't realize just how kindred spirits we were. Yes, yes. In the digital expanse, you know, the, in the void. Yes, we we talked Prince, and it was an amazing experience. You know, when you find those that you know that see it and love it, it was great. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, I actually had somebody ask about uh, you know our magazine, that Nerd Show Weekly News. It's like, why don't we um, like cover other things in music? Like, well, we do news, yeah. but we just feel like it's more important to have one column about Prince. Because, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Because I feel like there's just so many things that people don't know about Prince. Yes, and there's always there's just always stories you're learning, songs that he wrote that you didn't know he wrote. Right. Okay. Is that what? Is that the first one? Is that the first column I did? No, you did. Oh no, the, seven songs that will make you a Prince fan. Right, that are not like the typical songs right. that everybody yeah. Uh, yeah, listens I, to. I went to deep cuts. I didn't go to. I think there was only one mainstream single that I went with was seven, right. because it was a list yeah. of seven songs. So I pretty much had to make seven on there. That well, seems right. 
Well, I mean, there's obvious songs that everybody knows with Prince. Yeah. That and and, and granted, they will make you a Prince fan. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think there's so many underrated songs. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely, like you said, those ones that you hear that I think everyone listens to, and you, if you just hear those, that makes people into Prince fans. But then yeah. if you continue, there are songs that make you, you know, you don't lean in, you're, you're in. Mm-hmm. Because there's this depth of music that goes across multiple genres. It just doesn't matter. You know? Right. And I, I, I fell in love with rock songs that Prince has made. I fell in love with ballads that Prince has made. Prince made me listen to other people's music. Right. As a result of that. Like right. like one of the one of the gateway songs for me that we were just listening to it earlier is Joy and Repetition. Yeah. You can play that song for the uninitiated Prince fan, you're like, holy shit, where where did this come from? What album was this off of? I'm like, well, it depends on which version you're listening to. That's right. Because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that, that, al- that song's been circulating for a long time. Uh, and it was considered for so many projects, and then it finally wound up on graffiti bridge of all things <laughs> that, yeah, yeah yeah which yeah. is why most people don't know it that's why most people <laughs> yeah. don't know it yeah but uh you, you get into songs like you know i know that a lot of people and myself included the last album that he put out and this i may be you know uh wandering in a blasphemous territory here <laughs> uh but i think he kind of peaked in 95 wow with, wow. Well, because the Gold Experience was the last album of his that I literally loved from start to finish, okay. all the way through. Okay. It's like I might skip over We March every now and then. Okay. But for the most part, that album is an amazing feat of of, of, of musicianship. And like you play a song like Shy yeah. for someone who's never heard it, and it's it's mind blowing. It's, it's it's just how how deep that song gets. Uh, and it, it kind of makes me weep for people that aren't real, you know. They don't they don't go into you know, digging through the crates. They just stick with the hits and the and the stuff that gets its radio play. That's interesting. You talk about those songs in that era that you know there are albums that you, you start from the beginning. You don't stop. You listen to the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I think I I found the same thing about the Love Symbol album. Yes. From the moment it starts to the moment it plays, I don't hit pause. Yeah. And I and if I go forward to try to find something like that. My go-to is, and I know I'd still say there are some, maybe there are some gaps, but it's musicology. Yeah, because from the very moment that one starts, it's it's just on. <laughs> yeah, and, and what an interesting experience that album was, as far Absolutely. as when you went to a live show and hell, I mean, did you did you go to whenever they showed it theatrically? I did. Okay, and you had a copy of it sitting on your seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. That was one of the most brilliant things that Prince ever did, as far as marketing an album goes. Right. Because for every ticket that got sold, either to the to the theater showing of the L.A. opener, right. or if you went and saw it on the on the road, every ticket included an album, right. and that counted for album sales. Which is super slow. Speaking of live shows. Can we just not have any other Super Bowl halftime ads? Can we just replay his Super Bowl act that he done one day? Yeah, that's it. And I and and I say that because that was the year my Bears finally made it back to the Super Bowl and lost. You know, and you can blame the rain because it was a sloppy second half. But at the same time, he I'm said like, sloppy seconds. Well, whatever. Not with this watch. Hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. But at the same time, I mean. When you literally play Purple Rain and you make it rain. Yeah. You remember his famous quote? He asked he asked somebody, can you more. make it rain harder? Make it rain harder. That <laughs> was like, the no, one. that's pretty much up to God, sir. <laughs> but obviously you seem to have a hotline going on because this was the most amazing rendition of Purple Rain I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. And 
it's one of the things that I still I'll watch that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the best halftime show I've yeah. ever seen. Then I you mean, got an entire band playing along with it. And the yeah. crowd's losing. I'm it. just like, why are we doing other halftime shows? That quit. Or you you hit your peak. Can you just keep replaying that? Yeah. 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 Okay, I mean, you how many top ten lists have they put to put together, and that's always at the top of it's the list. Not, e- not even Janet Jackson's boob. <laughs> right, that halftime show. Right, which was magic. Okay, I mean, we're not saying it isn't, but and I was there. Not at the halftime, but I was there. I was watching TV and I stopped breathing. I was like, "Well, that's amazing." Didn't they, like set a new record for TiVo, like whenever TiVo yeah. was tracking that kind of stuff. It's like, but seriously, DVRs all over the but planet. But does it broke. make it rain? It did not. <laughs> Make it well, break. it depends, but you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, it, it's like, I, I feel like there's, you know, if you look at Super Bowl halftime shows or music, there's there's two seminal moments that everybody always knows. Yes. Whitney Houston doing the national anthem and yeah. Prince in his halftime show, well, Backing It Rain. I got to throw another one in that mix. All right. Anaheim, Rose Bowl, Cowboys Bills, yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, yeah. give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one, but I'm not going to give. I'm not going to go far on that. I, I, the only one I take after that is said Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. That was the other one. Mm-hmm. Again, can we just that's have it. her sing the yeah. national anthem? Yeah. Just hit. Like, just hit you, play. Is there anybody else that's going to? Nobody will top that. Yeah. Nope. Just. I mean, I feel like we have the technology where you can just have a hologram of her doing it. Yeah, that two, Tupac's already back, dude. Did you see him? <laughs> We're good. We got this. Yeah. I, I wish that they could have, but I know it would have been against his wishes. But, like, whenever Timberlake did the thing in in Minnesota. <laughs> and when they pulled the camera back away from the, from the stadium. Yeah. And they showed the entire city of Minneapolis turning purple and then... The symbol forms around the stadium. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I man cried. <laughs> <laughs> I man cried like a little bitch with a skinned knee. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There, there are things that you know make you cry. I, hey, I, I'm not afraid of it. Is is ridiculous and as problematic as the rise of Skywalker was. <laughs> the moment that the little surprise cameo by Harrison Ford. You know, telling his son it's basically okay and helping him turn back to the light. You're like, mm-hmm. how do you not kind of shed a tear at that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like one of the the good moments of that movie. One of <laughs> from a movie pretty much devoid of emotion. That one. Well, I brought mean, some gravity to his. I'm not saying to, I mean, to there, a film there, really there are some it. good things about that movie, but I mean, I think that's just you know the biggest surprise mm-hmm. is you know it's it's okay and helping his son throw away his lightsaber. His, or, Sith lightsaber and, and move on. Yeah, so, uh, there are moments. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to, and he actually did. Right. Also, you know, being a Bears fan, if you don't cry at the movie Brian saw with Billy D. Williams and James Caan, you have no soul. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you just don't. Go back to Walmart, exchange the one you've got. You know, because they sell every damn thing in that fucking place. <laughs> yeah, including the uh, the one that they uh, you know redid, which is absolutely horrible, and it's. Yeah. Sean uh, Mayer from Firefly, who plays Brian Piccolo. And I like him as an actor. You were great as the doc in Firefly. You can't beat James Caan. No. Playing Brian Piccolo. No. And and home dude, Tay Diggs, or somebody, or Mikhail Pfeiffer. You're a good actor. People forget a lot of the great roles that Billy D. Williams had before he was Lando. Right. So, right, like... You're just never going to be able to top that And movie. he's my Harvey Dent, damn it. Yeah, my Harvey Dent. He's my Harvey Dent. I'm just saying there's moments that make, you know, 
you, you will man cry. And Hashtag movie, when grown men cry. Yeah. <laughs> that movie. Thank does you it for to naming me. the episode, yes. sir. You just did. <laughs> that movie does it to me every time. I cried when the Titanic sank. In the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Okay. We, we are we are we going to get real on this? Okay. You, do we really want to break this down on, on moments that make grown men cry in film? Okay, let's go. We can, go, we can do this all night. <laughs> I'm going to need more scotch if we're talking about okay. Titanic. Hashtag the, makes grown men cry. Bar, barring the obvious of anything that happened in the last 20 minutes of E.T. Because <laughs> um, that kills me every fucking time. Spielberg had a direct line to everybody's tear ducts, and I am no exception. But the when he absolutely blew me through the back of the theater because I had read the book before I saw the film in '85. Uh-huh. See, Daddy, sinners have soul too. Oh. <laughs> in the color purple. Wow. Wrecks my ass every <laughs> single time because it's just a ramp. It's because it, that's where it starts. Yeah. Whenever you see. Shug Avery come walking down that aisle towards her dad, who had pretty much disowned her because she was a hellion. And while this is going on, you're watching Albert, Mister, start to make things right with Seely mm-hmm. by bringing Nettie and Seely's kids mm-hmm. back over from Africa. And if you're not a complete mess, when Nettie and Adam and Olivia get out of that car. And you see the wind catch their uh, their 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 scarves and their clothing. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Isn't that like another big Oscar controversy? That was it, it lost out to like out of, out of Africa. Africa. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah. horse it, it should, it shit. Should, I, I know. I agree, and I love Robert Redford. I do. But that but, movie is. Yeah, I'm just like. It's like watching old people fuck. It's it, it's like it's like watching paint dry. It's like how do you you have every great African American like actor you know in that movie right. You okay. got Quincy Jones involved in the freaking score for Christ's sake. Right, right. It should have been like the, the shoe in that year. And it's just, it, it's like the moment that Hollywood hasn't kind of gotten over their their racism. It's like, well, wait a minute. We did give we did give an African American actress um, an Oscar once, was it? Yeah, it was called Gone with the Wind in 1939. <laughs> I think I think we can move forward now. Yeah, <laughs> and there also seemed to be a genuine bias towards Spielberg. It's like they had a case out against Spielberg for some crazy reason because he was, I mean, the decade of the 80s and how many times was Spielberg nominated? If and I denied, remember, denied, if, denied. If I remember correctly, there was like um, there was like a bunch of Jewish rumors or something spread around against yeah. him that year yeah. uh, because they wanted this other film uh, to win. It, it, I mean, it's, it's very much like, uh, you know, 98 um, when rumors were spread about Saving Private Ryan and that's why Shakespeare and Love, you know, won. Again, horse. But I also Shit. I also think Hollywood has gotten to the point where it's like, look, every time he comes out with a movie, we know it's great, but we can't give him the Oscar all the time. It's like Daniel Day Lewis, every time he does a role, someone else has got to win it from time to time. Yeah, tell that to Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. So you tell him to do a movie every two years. Yeah. <laughs> every I mean, day. like, can, can you can anybody remember what Raiders lost to? Because I can't even remember. Um, no, I can't. Oh, it's Chariots of Fire. Oh, it is Chariots of Fire. That was a wait. Raiders is eighty one. Yeah. yeah, Chariots of Fire. So again, do do we do we need to go? 
Okay, so another another Merchant Ivory-esque production. Yeah, give me Howard's End, too. Give me a fucking... And, then, mean, and, and, and we all know how we talk about all those great moments in Chariots of Fire. I mean, we relive those great movie moments and quote that movie all the time. Yeah. 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 And, we, and we literally know all the actors in yeah. that movie. <laughs> the only thing we know is the damn theme song, For the Love of God. We do. Yeah. Why? Because we had no choice, because every time you turn on the freaking radio... <laughs> Anytime you're in the elevator, anytime you're in the doctor's office, kill me. Well, I mean, I do know at least one actor from that movie, Ben Cross. Ben Cross, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, it's like... Whoop-de-shit. Whoop-de-shit. That, I mean, does does that movie resonate with anybody? No. In case you guys are wondering out there about how bitter we are about the Oscars, our last issue was literally titled, Who Gives a Fuck About the Oscar? (laughs) Talking about Oscar controversy. Now, okay, now I will give you, yes, E.T. was a magnificent film. But so was Gandhi. Yes, Gandhi did Absolutely. did did move me deep. Absolutely, absolutely. I still prefer ET, but it is what it is. You know, I I, I love the people that just can't admit that some people are just great, even though they're not perfect. That they can't admit it. There was something about Gandhi on Facebook not too long ago. They, it had to do with the Gandhi movies, like women. You know, we memorialize this man way too much. And I don't know why people think the movie is great. Well, first of all, the movie's great yeah, because the movie of the, is great. The, the cast. Because it is. And David Attenborough was just fantastic in the way he directed it. And how do you not get Ben's kingly, you know, the Oscar for it? But this guy just started ranting as like, you know, everybody knows that Gandhi was a pedophile. And I'm like, and what? you're basing what? that on What? There's literally no evidence yeah. of that whatsoever, okay? And if you're talking about that he took, like, a child bride, which is actually common in his culture, that's something different than, you know, molesting kids in a van yeah, <laughs> somewhere yeah. else. So slow your roll there. Yeah. Because this is still a guy that, without using violence, pretty much got the British to leave India. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, and, and got two warring factions in his own country to stop fighting yeah. each other. Right. Because he refused to eat. Right. Of a country. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... No small feet. Sorry. No. no, Again, like like Marcus said, without firing a shot, without even picking up a firearm. And and if you hate the movie, I don't know what happened in your childhood, but get help. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's one that I really can't be all that bitter about because I think that right. that Oscar was justly won. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm but, not saying you're going to watch the movie over and over. It's like Schindler's List, okay? But when you start ragging on it's like, it's not really that good of a movie. Or 12 Years a Slave. It is. It is. You're just not going to watch it as much as you watch Raiders of the Lost Star. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. I mean, 12 Years a Slave is like that once a decade, every so often, yeah, just to remind you. You go through that experience, but no, it's not like every weekend. Oh, good, there's another no, yeah. yeah, I watched it one time. I so said, I don't think I can ever watch this movie again because no, it was so, no. so difficult to get through. It was. It's difficult because, to watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that anyone should be proud of. Right, and, and you praise every actor that was in there and their performances. And, I mean, from bad guys to good guys, and you're like, how you got through that movie. Yeah. And doing multiple takes. I'm, I'm sure it was. A, it had, I, I always screw his name up, pronouncing his name. Is it Chiwetel? Edgeofolgi uh, is that I I never did know how to pronounce the man's name. Yeah, uh, but he probably needed therapy. I imagine he probably had to seek therapy after that film was over. Well, I had, had to seek therapy and I watched it. No shit. <laughs> no, no, just imagine trying to imagine trying to convey all that raw emotion yeah. and and. Just go back to your hotel room and take a and, and take a nice. By the way, if you are a white supremacist 
we're not going to give you the death penalty. You get life in prison, and you got to watch that movie every day. Yeah. That's your punishment. Yeah. <laughs> so, jackass who drove the car through the crowd of Charlottesville, yeah, that's your punishment yeah, every sure. day. <laughs> Enjoy your fifth ring of hell. <laughs> right. I mean, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That actually did happen to her. Did, the, did you ever see that? It was the, I think it was the third season. Coven. It was American oh, yes. Story. Oh, God, yeah. And, and she takes her head and makes her watch. Yeah. Makes her watch friends over and over and over. I think that's fair. <laughs> Seems fair. When she, when she showed her Barack Obama, she's like, lies. <laughs> As much as I love Kathy Bates, I hated her in that role. <laughs> no, but she was At great. the beginning of it, and then you really started to kind of root for her because yeah, she had come around. Yeah, but you also, I mean, you hate her in misery, but you also kind of appreciate her. It's like, no, I'm going to make you rewrite it until we get it right. <laughs> yeah, my, actually, my favorite version of that is the little spoof film of, uh, of making George Lucas fix the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Han does not shoot. Han does shoot first. Or, the, or, taking, or you know, taking out the uh, the special editions. Like, no, we go back. Anyway, I, I love that version of Misery. It's a great spoon. That's a woman that I would crawl over broken glass to talk to. She's done some amazing movies. You know, a great movie. Um, it's actually on Hulu right now. And it's uh, another one of those. Is it the 25th? Or is it that it come out in 98? Uh, primary colors. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was basically gone, kind of the, that, the Clinton campaign story. Yeah. yeah, I think that I can't remember if that's '96 or '98, but she she kind of stole that movie. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. pretty much steals oh, any movie yeah, she's yeah, in. Yeah. 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 Like I've yet to watch Richard Jewell. Has anyone seen that? Oh, that's a great movie. Okay, I've got it. I've yet to watch. I haven't watched it. Oh man, um, everybody did a great job in that. Um, the, I forget the actor's name who actually played Richard Jewell. Because he's done such ridiculous comedic roles. Because he was in um, uh, I Tanya, he played the bodyguard. Yes, he thought he was. Yeah, yeah, who said he was like a spy? He plays the the douchebag older student in Cobra Kai. Oh, he does. That's him. Yeah, the older douchebag, and then Priest tells him that in Nam, some some guys get left behind because they're not good enough. Yeah, that's the same actor. Okay, I don't remember. Paul Walter Hauser. Yes. All right. No, I mean, I he, he's really known for comedy, but he just, I mean, he nailed it. He was in Black Klansman. Oh, yes, he was. As the absolute schlub. Like, which, which, by the way, speaking of Oscar controversies, can, in what planet is Black Klansman not better than, I mean, how is Green Book better than Black Klansman? I don't know. I don't know. You I did, don't know. You didn't even get the story right. <laughs> I don't know. Green I mean, Book. I mean, Green Book. You know, I, I, I like that movie, but Black Klansman was. I mean, it was. It was another one of those. I mean, there's, I think there's this been there's been a, a, a snub with respect to Spike Lee. Yeah. Um, oh no, they just they can't give him. Uh, they can't give any of his movies best picture or give him like best director. They just refuse to do it. Yeah, it's because he's too in your face. Yeah, it's too many. He tells too much truth. Mm-hmm. You don't because you don't see you don't because there's been a couple. There's been several Spike Lee movies that are definitely best picture worthy. So if you, you know we we say Gandhi and you don't say Malcolm X. Yeah. <laughs> 
which whether, was amazing. Whether you agree with Malcolm X or not, or whatever, they, right. be able to tell that story. That story, the way he right. did. With I'll, that man playing that role. Right. right. Him telling that story was an amazing tell, and that the fact that that doesn't get considered is is, is tough. And then you yeah. move forward to Black Klansman. By the way, to, to expand on that theory, um, yeah, the Oscars pretty much ignore any time Denzel Washington and Spike Lee work together. Yeah, yeah, like, they they just they, I think they know deep down in their hearts that no matter what the project is, it's going to be so amazing. Yeah, that it's going to beat out everybody, but they just can't bring themselves to do it. Like, well, well, we got so, to. So, 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 here it goes. Well, you know what? We're not going to give you best actor for Malcolm X, but we'll give you best actor for playing a dirty cop in training. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call. Let's call it. That's Ryan, a makeup guys. Oscar. Right. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's the do-over Oscar. We're not saying well, you weren't good at it, but at the same time, like yeah. that's your better performance than Malcolm yeah, X. Yeah, I was like. Is there a refund policy? <laughs> yeah, take your King Kong ain't got shit on me. I'm feeling that like... Char- that character ain't got shit on yeah, Malcolm. That didn't, that didn't seem to be right. You yeah, know. I mean, well, his performance as uh, Hurricane Carter, again, is better than another, Training Day. Another one. You know what? Yeah. You know another one? This is actually my, fav- uh, my favorite Spike Lee movie. Uh, Alex and I disagree about Spike Lee movies, but... He got games, my favorite. He got games, great movie. I, I can't. Anytime it is on, I will stop and watch it. I mean, everybody's great. Okay, great. one of those movies I almost cried at. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. Can you great. imagine? Alan is good at it. Astounding. I'm like, here's my favorite story about that. You know, Ray Allen's just trying to, you know, do the best he can as an actor and, yeah. you know, taking pointers from Denzel and yeah. stuff. But the whole, uh, when they're shooting the pickup scene at the end of the movie, um, you know, he's not even really doing anything. He's just kind of messing around. And Denzel being competitive, he's playing. And Denzel Washington is, like, really up on him, like, 7-2. to two. And yeah. that's when Ray Allen gets mad, like, oh, no, no, no. He ain't winning this. I don't care. <laughs> right. And Denzel does not make another shot. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the next nine in a row. Can you imagine, in this current climate, if they were to release, and really, honestly, I think they should have re-released, do the right thing. Oh, that'd be oh God! Great. That'd be great one to release. Amazing movie to release. You know, I had to do our uh, our uh, press screening of In the Heights, uh, the musical, and it was okay. I mean, it's just it, honest to God, it's just it, if you're a Lin Manuel Miranda fan, you'll enjoy it because uh, it's really just a love letter to the neighborhood he grew up in. But yeah. if you don't know anything about the neighborhood, it's just like, oh, okay, cool. You know, great music. But when they're talking about, like, rolling blackouts and how it's a hot summer and everything they do, all, all throughout the movie, I kept coming back to, Do the Right Thing tells this story so much better yeah. about race relationships in a community and being on the edge and, gener- you know, young and old generations and how the heat and just everything is, is a powder keg. And you just, and finally, by the end of the movie, you come to come to this understanding of how everybody's wrestling with their own demons and how yeah. you give into those demons. Yeah. yeah. And it's the most human... I, I think it's one of the best movies that deals with human nature and how you know we're all fallible. You know, especially if you live in those kind of neighborhoods and you're dealing with heat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And everybody is guilty. Because there isn't one person that's right, really, or wrong. You see all the perspectives. Yeah. yeah. And that was the beauty of it. Yeah. But no, of course, we can't give the Oscar to that movie. No, of course no. not. No, no, no. 
Yeah, there, there, I think there's been a lot of misses in terms of that. And I think now, uh, and, and, and it's it's forcing, I think, the officers to look at, you know, making, the, making better choices in that sense in order to remain relevant because at some point when you're giving out awards to, you know, to movies that no one cares about and eventually your audience is going to stop caring because, let's face it, I could say there are a lot of movies that, I've, that have won Oscars that I've never seen. And there are a lot of movies that I have watched that over and over and over again the Oscars never cared about. Yeah. And the audience is the, and you know, if we're making these choices, and we can talk about movies that were, were blockbusters that never even that were never even considered for Oscars, and you can talk about movies that were so obscure that only five people saw them that won Oscars. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's always the art house film. It was never yeah. the blockbuster. Yeah. So, so at some point, I think you know they've had, they've had to have their own reckoning with what they what's been going on. I feel. almost feel like uh, if you look at uh, like. Two Tom Hanks films, uh, Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, those yeah. movies should have been reversed when they came out because if Philadelphia had come out in 94, I think that's the one they would have given the best picture to because of the subject matter and just how wonderful Denzel Washington was and Tom Hanks. Whereas Forrest Gump is kind of like, really, that loss to Shawshank Redemption or, or Pulp Fiction? Yes. It's not a bad movie, right? But it's more like that easygoing, safe, family-friendly movie that it's everybody. It's a feel-good movie, yeah. Right. yeah. And that's fine, and it was fun. Give Tom Hanks the, the Oscar for it, but it's not. Philadelphia is so much more of a powerful story. Absolutely. At the time, absolutely. Even in the early '90s, you're still dealing this, with discrimination against homosexuality and AIDS and everything. People hadn't come around to it. They were starting to, and I think. They started to accept that it doesn't matter who gets it. It doesn't matter. It can happen to anybody. When Magic Johnson announced he had HIV, right? right. But the but you know a story set in the eighties where it, you know the stigma of everything. It's just it's more worthy. But again, you can't put Philadelphia up against Schindler's List. No, and no. Expect that to win. Right. I was right. like. No, right? Because that's your easy shoe-in film where you're like, yeah, yeah. There's going to be riots if we don't give the award to this film. It's it's amazing, as you point out. I mean, you know, there's just been so many amazing movies that where Denzel Washington has been, you know, front and center. And so, if you're looking at, you know, you're looking at his wall of how many, you know, Oscars will be sitting there. There should be a ton of them, right? Yeah. Because it's just one movie after another. You mentioned, like you said, you go and you look at something like, you know, you go, you go and you mention the one, you mentioned Philadelphia story. It was a great movie. You can go back, you know, and, it, and every Spike Lee movie he's done, like, he's done, like, really great work. But then he goes off and he's doing all these others. You know, when he did Fences, you know, he said he finally comes back, you know, to, to do off-Broadway or, you know, a play. Because when he tried it the first time, they tell him, you know, no, not so much. Yeah, yeah, we're not. And he, and he comes back and he does, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just shows that over, that he's always had that talent. It's been woefully under-recognized. And it's great to see that it's coming back. Well, and I'll say this. Um, I'm glad that they got him to, you know, do the movie and, you know, bring cast and all that because I don't think you could have done it any other way. Yeah. It's being an amazing movie. Yeah. If they ever decide to remake To Kill a Mockingbird, which I don't think they should because, I mean, the movie with Gregory makes sense. Yeah. But if you do, you have to do it with Jeff Daniels' uh, Broadway performance or his stage version of it uh-huh. that has gotten such rave reviews. 
because I don't. If there's any modern day actor that can pull off Atticus Finch, uh, I would say that it has to be Jeff Daniels. Uh, and if you think I'm crazy, then you need to go watch the newsroom. I've yeah, seen it. <laughs> yeah, seen it. yeah. So, in fact, even if you don't want to watch the series, just watch the first five minutes of the first episode where he talks about America is not the greatest country. In the yeah, world. <laughs> I'm like. That shows up on social media feeds all the time. Right. But I, but my point is, it takes the right cast to make it you know good and, and to be able to translate that stage play into a movie. Having Denzel was there. Same thing with Rent. Yes. Except for one actress, you had the original Broadway uh, cast. Yeah. Do it. And who had all been in movies before, and it just worked so well. The only one that had not, well, was the only one that hadn't been in it was it Rosario. I Ross? think it was Rosario. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody else was from the original. And, and Sorkin and Sorkin writes amazing. I mean, he, he has yeah. you know, he, he makes conversational dialogue seem effortless. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you know, as you're you're looking around, you see a lot of shows and things like that. It is actually harder than you think it is for you know you write dialogue for people. And it doesn't sound forced. It doesn't sound fake. Yeah. It, it seems very effortless. So in that show in the newsroom, it just flows. And yes. I've seen it in all you know a lot of other shows he's written, in particular like you know Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, you know he does that very well. So if you take him, you put him in the big screen. You well, you know what? You know why the West Wing makes you so feel so good about politics because the dialogue is so warm and great and true, yeah. and and, it, and you imagine. That's that's how it has to really be. I kind of imagine when Obama was president, like, is it really like the, you know, or when Clinton was president, it it really is like the West Wing, right? Everybody really talked like that, and you know that they didn't, <laughs> right? But you but you want to think in the back of your mind, yes. <laughs> and then if you, you know, and I've talked to people that you know have back in my political days who have run for office. It's like you hope that you would reach that kind of level where it makes politics hopeful and despite even your defeats and stuff like that your friends and your family and you know you go through stuff together and you're not dealing with controversy and then we lived through four years of trump and we and we knew the fairy tale definitely wasn't true (laughs) (laughs) but 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 you watch the west wing every year just to kind of rub off the dirt like but please take me away to Never Never Land where it is true. No, no it was a fairy tale that was just written by the Grimms. <laughs> we'll need more scotch for that. We, we, we all got eaten by the witch in the gingerbread house for fuck's sake. Oh. And not in a good way. So I want to ask, um, speaking of the Oakland Film Festival since we're here, uh, what has been your favorite film? I know we haven't probably. I know we haven't seen everything. Is there been something that you've really enjoyed? I think Swan Song for me really is kind of the best film. Um, but I think Kid Candidate uh, was actually uh, really good as well. Well, okay. for me, that was the only one I was able to see was Swan Song. I haven't had the opportunity. So it is number one. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 by process of elimination. I wanted to see Summer of Soul. Yeah, yeah, badly, <laughs> very badly. I I can't help but think that if I had grown up in that generation and I had to choose between Woodstock and that, that's what I would have gone to. Just no. with with that with that <laughs> with that roster, when you've got you know BB King and Stevie Wonder and Sly and the Family Stone and right. Gladys Knight, the, Jesus, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sign me up. Granted, I would have loved to have seen Jimmy play 
you know, the Star Spangled Banner waking yeah. everybody up in, in the middle, you know, in the in the in the, in the dead of morning. But I'd have been falling all over myself for this for this. Do you Harlem feel like that Woodstock festival. gets romanticized way too much just because it was the experience of being there? Well, but again, when you when you've got a festival of that magnitude with that level of talent involved, you know, that's like saying was is is was Live Aid romanticized? Right. Well, I only say it because you know money, transportation problems, and if you go back and watch uh, the movie Woodstock, um, you know where Liv Schreiber is, you know the former Marine in drag, who yeah. plays Thelma, who was great by the way. I, I loved his role in that movie. You really just kind of watch that movie, and it's like, it's really just, I think the experience of them trying to put on Woodstock was better than everything that's going on with all the problems they had, the rain, the mud, the different things and stuff. Yeah. Um, hey, Alex. I can certainly agree. We segueing. I'm going to turn it over to Alex for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Can you get out? <laughs> there we go. Be, beware of the sticky outy thingy. Get in there, Alex. All right. So, <laughs> I guess Marcus just needed to get up and use the bathroom. <laughs> he I does think- that frequently when we go to screening. <laughs> <laughs> he made a mad dash at him. <laughs> sits at the aisle seat and has me just sit. Like, well, I'm the one doing the review, so I'm just the one taking the notes. So he'll get up and go to the restroom as many times as he wants. <laughs> Okay, so this is awkward. So, uh, okay, <laughs> we're we're in mid conversation. He yeah. just kind of turned around and said, "Hey, Alex, come over here." <laughs> so what? Uh, we're I, okay. I, so we're just talking. So we're just really just talking movies. Uh, okay. Typically, you know, typically we got into we you know we were on we started off with a you know a stint on what makes grown men cry movies. And I don't think I ever got to mine. No, most, I don't think you did. Most of my, most of my, strangely enough, have been baseball movies. Yeah, that does tend to happen. That does, you know, nothing makes a grown man cry more than a baseball movie. And I can tell you, you know, I think the last, I think the one for it was because the, the Bad News Bears broke me down. <laughs> mine was uh, uh, for the love of the, for the love of the game, love the game. With Kevin Costner. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. I, I don't know. Dude, that he must really great. like baseball. He's done about five of those. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, he yeah. does it pretty good. Not the one I thought you were going to go with. Uh, I figured that. You know, I'm kind of shocked you didn't go with the obvious choice. What was that? Feel the dreams. Feel the dreams. Not it's not that dreams. obvious, though. I think. Uh, but I mean, that, when it, it comes, that one always gets brought when, up as a man cry moment. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Feel I mean, the dreams wasn't it for me. He he had. I mean, he has. His fans who like all of like you know some people prefer Bull Durham, some people prefer Field of Dreams, some people prefer Love of the Game. I mean, the scout. Well, but but the yeah. scout. Yeah, well, Bull Durham doesn't make me cry. I mean, that, it's got some you know that emotional moment where he's moments. playing catch with his dad um, in, in in Field of Dreams gets me right. every time. <laughs> the scout. The scout was another one. So it's, a, in, uh, it's more of a dark comedy, but it's uh it's kind of yeah it's kind of one that gets underappreciated because it came out the year of the baseball strike. Yeah, yeah. and. 
I love Albert Brooks, so I love the Scout. Yeah, that was a great movie. But it, it, it flies under the radar. I think a lot of people didn't see it because of when it came out. Yeah. But, um, well, if there's, it's if, kind of a fantasy film because yeah. you're looking at a guy who's basically like, you know, Babe Ruth except accelerated like a yes. hundred times over. Right. He can pitch. He can bat. He, did, he, he throws a perfect game with all strikes. That's never going to happen, but... <laughs> right. If if I'm citing one baseball film that ch- that chokes me up every time I watch it, it's probably The Natural. Oh, Natural's great. It's got the memorable theme. I think people remember the music more than they remember the, the actual movie. Sometimes. I mean, they hear that that music and they go, oh, "That's from The Natural." When you hear that music, I mean, because yeah. I know locally they play it every time a home run is hit in in the ballpark right. for the Rangers, and that happens a lot nowadays. Not this season. Not not for this team. Not for, this for the team, other teams. Team. <laughs> Yeah, I was I, I, I was there for one of those for the other team, uh, but, but the last one for me was actually Moneyball. Yeah, only because and it was it was Moneyball. It was the it was the Hatterfield arc in it, which was an interesting one. You yeah, know? you know and that because that you know when he when he takes that when he takes that one and puts it over the wall for that home run, that did it. Yeah. you know the game with that you know they they were easily winning they lost it. I saw that. I mean, I, I saw that game on television. I didn't really understand. I wasn't really a, an A's fan. I didn't really know what I was watching. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> didn't know what I was watching, but after what we saw, it was great. I think the party's starting downstairs. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's our sign yes. that we need to start winding things down. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been it's it's been an absolute thrill to be a part of this uh, uh, the Oakland Film Festival. It's, it's it's amazing to 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 finally get the opportunity to be in a movie theater again. Uh, this this celebrates not just film, but just going to the going to the films, going to movies as as a pastime. You know, sitting here talking about baseball being our national pastime. I think for everybody around this table, that's our favorite national pastime. It's just going to the movies, experiencing the movies. And we're finally able to do that again. Uh, good Lord, this is hard to get through. <laughs> so uh, for all of us here at the Oakland Film Festival, for here, uh, for all of us here at the Electric Jellyfish Podcast, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll talk to you again soon.